What is good? Let's have some fun. It's the Fundamism Podcast with your host, Paul J. Long, and all things fun. We'll let the fun begin. Woo! What is good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Paul J. Long, coming to you, as always, on the Fundamism Podcast, the podcast where we explore individuals who are creating fun not only in their own lives, but in the lives of others. Uh, We have a fascinating guest today, really excited to introduce him, but before we do so, it wouldn't be a Fundamism Podcast if we didn't shout out our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle's doing big things in the Kansas City community. They're always looking to find ways to give back, and they produce the finest duds in all of the city. So if you want to learn more about Charlie Hustle, go to charliehustle.com. Without further ado, our guest today, founder of the KC Crew, and owner of three first names, <laughs> Luke Andrew Wade. What's good, brother? How yes, are you? Yes, sir. Hey, how, how's it going, Paul? Appreciate I, you having me here. I uh, I love the uh, use of duds. I feel like it's been forever since <laughs> I've heard that word. Um, so, And I'm a big fan of Charlie Hustle, so uh, love that intro there. Thanks for having sure, me. Sure, absolutely. Well, that's actually how uh, you and I met, Luke. Before we get to that, uh, start every single podcast by asking our guest, one question. It's the whole purpose of fundamentalism and, and gravitating more towards the things that give you strength as opposed to the things that tear you down. So what do you do for fun? Yeah, you know, uh, it's going to sound cliche because of what I do, but uh, sports. I mean, I love playing sports. I'm the guy, I've always said it, that I'd rather go outside and throw a football than watch it on TV. Um, so I play sand volleyball. Uh, pickleball has become a new, uh, new yes. fun thing for me. Um, but getting outside, riding my bike, uh, just really being outside is one of my favorite things. So. Sure. So when you put that football in your hand, I mean, how far can you throw it? I mean, could you throw it right <laughs> over that mountain? Uh, probably, yeah. If Coach would have put me in, we would have definitely won state. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, um, yeah. I just love being outside, love being active, uh, meeting new people. Um, traveling is a big, big, big hobby of mine. Sure, too. absolutely. So uh, the KC crew, all about sports and helping the community find its fun. I really love that. You said that earlier, and I know that's a tagline for a different business that you're doing, but I think it ties hand in hand with what you're talking about with the KC crew. So give us a little background on the KC crew and what it is you do. Yeah. So KC crew, uh, started seven years ago. I was living downtown, working downtown. My background's actually a tech nerd used to build websites and software for a living. So, um, but I played college football. I'm kind of your weird tech nerd that can actually talk to people. So, um, I got, got really lucky in that, in that aspect, but, um, seven years ago, I'm living downtown, working downtown, but I'm driving out to Shawnee mission to play sand volleyball. I'm driving to blue Springs to play softball. And there really wasn't any good options downtown seven years ago. And the way Kansas City was growing, it just didn't make sense to me. And so I looked at a couple parks and said, hey, why don't I rent this softball field? Why don't I rent this little sand volleyball court, build a website, tell some friends. And, uh, you know, we had a thousand people play that first year. And so uh, I kept my full-time job for three years while this thing kind of grew organically. Uh, I kept building the website and the software to kind of automate it so I could keep my full-time job, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, but after three years, we had 3,000 people playing and uh, someone essentially offered to buy it from me. And uh, that kind of clicked the switch in my head that said, hey, this is actually a business. You should you should do something with this. And so I turned down the offer, quit my job probably too soon, but uh, learned uh, started learning business and things like that. And so four years now, we had 15,000 people play Metro wide in case that's crazy. Yeah. So I feel like we were talking a little bit before, uh, we started 
Like you are the rare gentleman that found something that you've loved and made a career out of it, right? And I know that the the played out adage of you've never worked a day in your life, you enjoy what you do, but it's true, right? Um, but there are athletes growing up right now, uh, quote unquote athletes, right, that have a desire, a dream of being in sports their whole careers, right? NBA, NFL, whatever, maybe you found the opportunity to be around that in which you love for a career. What did that look like? Like, how did you get there? Yeah. So to be honest, you know, I say I stumbled into it accidentally, but if you look at my life, it almost feels like I was coming here my whole life. So growing up, played sports, every sport I can imagine. I wrestled in high school and then I'd leave wrestling practice and go play basketball at church. I just love playing sports. And then I would ref games growing up as a kid. I would umpire baseball and different sports and then intramurals in college. And I used to run teams and things like that, played college football. And so uh, it feels like my whole life I've been leading towards something in sports, but never thought I would be here or never planned it out that way. Um, so yeah, I mean, the the other concept that I think has really made us successful is we look at uh, sports as more of a recreational social type thing. And I know this isn't a new concept, but you know, for years people were starting softball leagues that were highly competitive, you know, men's leagues where every week there's a fight or people charge the state or, you know, charge the mound, things like we, we are targeting because we believe there's more people out there who want to play for fun than want to play competitively. That's why Casey crew has grown 60% every year. And now we have 15,000 people playing because because we're targeting those people who want to go play sand volleyball, but they'd rather do it in a fun atmosphere sure. rather than worrying about somebody spiking the ball down their throat or, you know, karaoke. We started a karaoke league where teams what? come and they sing head to head against each other and the crowd votes on the winner. And Why am I just now hearing of this? <laughs> so we have all these little hidden gems that we've just tried to take things that people like, make it organized, make it a solution so that like, hey, you love karaoke. We've got this new cool thing that not only pits you against other people in a competitive manner, but you are in a social atmosphere and how can you really fight with anybody over karaoke? And so it's a really cool, we actually, I, I say this a lot. Our karaoke group is a hidden gem because there's this Facebook group. It's private. They all go on float trips. Now they all go out together. Like it's built this whole environment around karaoke through this league. And so we're trying to replicate that or make that more in our other leagues as well. So again, I, I feel like I've been coming here my whole life, but, but, not on purpose. And so I got sure. really, really lucky. Yeah. Well, uh, it's interesting that you say not on purpose because, uh, you know, one of my favorite words on the planet is being deliberate, deliberate, right? And so it seems like um, I met you a couple of months ago in a mastermind group and Andrew Dallas uh, introduced us and it's it's been absolutely amazing. A- Andrew was a, a guest on the podcast as well. But uh, just watching you and and seeing your growth in just the short time that I've met you has been absolutely amazing. And quite honestly, it motivates guys like me to to figure out how to grow uh, my reach or expand my reach. So when you think about the the growth of your business thus far, and I know that you got your hands on a lot of different things that I'd like to touch on uh, before the podcast is over, but there's been a number of different things that have led to your success. But there's a ton of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast and they want to do something that gives them strength, but they're, they're scared to make the leap. What would you say has been, you know, the top three things that have helped you succeed thus far in your career? Yeah, I think it's not a new thing now. Uh, it's becoming more popular, but I think the number one thing is your why. You know, why are you doing sure. this? And again, for me, it was just because I was actually trying to offer something for me and my friends. So it was like, I, I this is a need for me and my friends. And so that was why I was offering it. Um, but then as things grew and I got more in touch with the Parks and Rec struggles, I realized that, you know, we could help a lot of people with some of the struggles they're having. So it very quickly transitioned from I need this for me and my friends to how can I help others? And so I uh, I go into parks and recs now or other meetings always with the idea of how can I help? Like 
at the end of the day, your time is limited, so you can't help everyone. And that's been a really big struggle of mine. But I go into Parks and Rec, I go into other meetings, and I, I say, how can I help? How can we make this a win-win-win? You, me, our clientele, like, how do we make it a success that everyone wins and we just keep working together? And that's that's been my mentality since day one. And so uh, I think that's the number one. And my why is just because I, I enjoy helping people and I like to see other people succeed. And, mm. and I always look at things as there's enough to go around. So I think that would probably be number two for me is I don't, I don't see competition. I see partners. I see other opportunities. Um, you know, I have a software now that we sell for Parks and Rec and think Casey Crew uses it to essentially manage their leagues. Well, Shawnee Mission Beach is a, a, I actually started playing volleyball there. I'm a huge fan of it. It's about 30 minutes away. Part of the reason I started Casey Crew is to drive people downtown, but I love the facility. It's really, really fun. Sam Volleyball Complex, well, they approached me about the software and their biggest concern was, aren't you? A, aren't we a competitor with Casey Crew? No, there's enough to go around, man. How can I help you succeed just like Casey Crew has? Mm. And so that's how I tend to look at everything. Um, and number three, I think, is your team. I mean, building a really good team, uh, having support, having people behind you. Parks and Rec has been amazing to me since day one. They've been a really good place to get feedback. And how do we work together? How do we utilize unused parks? Um, and they, that, Kansas City was the first one. And now we're working with Overland Park. We just took over all their leagues this year. Uh, we're talking to Belton. We're talking to some other cities about how do we help those Parks and Rec essentially outsource their fun and so the the why um uh the team and um essentially i forgot the second one already. dude i was actually yeah i'm enamored sitting here listening to you because those three things just rolled off your tongue like you've done these interviews a million times i have but i've never been asked to prioritize them so. no listen I, I didn't say in what order i just said what three and you nailed it yeah, I, yeah. I think that that what that showcases to me is that you've thought long and hard about what you're passionate about and your why and that people matter to you and as I'm listening to you describe your three, I can't help but think of the word fun to me. And so, so fundamentalism is all based on this concept of fun. And you've referenced fun probably six times thus far. And fun is not just a word to me, it's an acronym. So the F is foundation. It's your purpose. It's what makes you tick, your personal characteristics, how you communicate, all that stuff, your experiences in life. The, the moment that led to this moment right now that you and I sitting on this couch together talking about the future of Casey Crew and Luke Andrew Wade. I mean, this is foundation. This is everything that you stand for. And so in that, you outlined your purpose and what makes you tick. The U is understanding others' perspectives. And you said, you know, you got to know what everybody else is about and you got to gravitate towards the things that others want. You got to learn. You got to ask questions. And I called you today and your voicemail picked up and it said, if this is an emergency, leave a message and tell me what you're thankful for. If it's not an emergency, then hang up and text message me or email me, which I appreciate. So yeah. that's being respectful of not only your time, but theirs as well. And the end and fun is next steps because without the end and fun, it's just, do you know what it is? F you, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? And no one, no one wants to feel that. Yeah. Uh, but the end and fun is next step. So this is how do you gravitate towards your strengths while mitigating your areas of opportunity and always be implementing a fun success strategy? And you just outlined a couple of different things that you're doing. So you got this technology company, um, you're working with Hy-Vee Arena and other companies, and you told me some other things that you want to do. So tell me about the future of Luke Wade and what else you got in your in your quiver. Yeah, so going back to being the tech nerd, you know, ever since I started Casey Crew, I was always building a website and software to make my life easier, which was some of my background. And so I built a software company that manages the leagues. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much goes into it, but managing 15,000 people's waivers, team signups, ride 
rosters, payments, T-shirts, scheduling, scores, umpire. I mean, I could go on and on. Sure. People don't realize how much goes into it. Well, I built the software to essentially manage that easier and more efficiently. Um, and so that's called League Ally. And so again, I actually was in the military, and so I have this kind of military spin on a lot of things. And so League Ally is is we only win when you win. We're your ally in this. How can how can our software help you do things better to save you time and really focus on your leagues? And then how does it make your players just sign up quicker and not have to worry about any of that stuff? And they just want to show up at the field and play. So how does our software limit the barrier to entry to get them to playing on the field? Um, and so I've used a lot of my technology to build something off of Casey Crew that is a, almost like a, a, a business that supports each other. Um, and then now we're starting to sell that software around the, the country and Kansas Ooh. City, and we've had a lot of great people using it already. Um, and then the next step is, is for me is, is, again, going back to helping people. I, I'm trying to create a brand of how I help others create thriving communities through sports and events. So we've created pub crawls that we now take to other cities, and almost everything we do, we create from scratch. We try and make it all about the experience and something new that people really like. So the longest running one is called the End of the World Pub Crawl. We shut down a street in Martini Corner. We fill it full of zombies. You get a flag football belt. You go from bar to bar without the zombies taking your flags. What? So we have almost 1,000 people do this every year in Kansas City. It's one of the most unique, coolest things I've ever seen. We took it to Denver five years ago. We're taking it to Houston next year, probably to Detroit the year after. And so, again, it's just around something unique and fun that people love. And the experience is so great that they're going to want to do it every year. So we actually have people come from Kansas City to Denver so they can do it twice a year. Um, so it's teaching others how to do that. So yeah. I want to essentially build a brand that I can teach other Parks and Rec or other people like myself how to create those things more efficiently and, and don't take year over year learning you know, the hard way like I did. Sure. Let, me, let me teach you how, here's a budget, here's a template, here's how to make this and get up and running and not only make it a business for you, but again, make it a win for your community and the people in your community. And so that's what I, I see myself doing in the future is you know, stepping a little bit further away from my companies, let them run themselves, like creating a great culture that survives without me and then helping others t- teaching them to do the same thing. So give me the the mission statement that you told me earlier. Yeah, so it's creating helping others create thriving communities through sports and events. I, I just love it. And so I mean the one thing that I will say about today's society and it's not news to anybody that it just seems like there's a lot of ego involved in a lot of things that folks are doing, right? And we can't get past uh, our own opinion to have a meaningful discussion with somebody else and just hear their perspective or, or their point of view without getting irritated. And so sitting across from somebody and seeing how successful you've been and just allowing others to experience fun and creating environments where people could find it is just super cool to me. And to know that it doesn't stop here and that you're already thinking of of the next realm, right? And the next thing to do that's going to drive that experience is absolutely amazing. And so to me, sitting across from you, it's not news to me that uh, that you've seen some success and you were recently recognized uh, by a Kansas City crew as uh, top 50 social media influencers. Yeah, I, uh, that came out of nowhere, actually. It was, uh, I think, the Kansas City uh, blog blogger. I can't remember the name of the company, but yeah, I got tagged in LinkedIn uh, earlier this week and say I was nominated as one of the top 50 influencers in Kansas City as, as a lifestyle guy. And the, to me, uh, again, I'm so honored to be in that realm. Sure. I, I mean, I'm included in some of the, the amazing people that are doing way cool, you know, uh, Joel Goldberg, yes. who's become a friend. Like, they're doing some really, really cool things in the community. So I'm just honored to be among that. And, you know, to be the, to be niched as the lifestyle thing is cool to me because, 
you know, people always talk about work-life balance and it shouldn't be a balance. You should be happy no matter what, whether you're at work or when you leave work, it should, it should be a, your lifestyle is really all that matters. At the end of the day, if you're not happy at work, it's going to transition over to your, your attitude when you leave work. And so for me, lifestyle is the, the only thing that really matters is how do you want to live and work with your family, your friends, everything. And so that's essentially part of why, you know, I was lucky enough to build Casey Crew into a point where I could leave my day job. So just got married earlier this year. Congrats. I was, uh, thank you very much. Um, I was able to take 25 days for a honeymoon and go to Europe. Um, part of that is because I'm my own boss. My wife also works for Casey Crew, so we didn't have to ask anybody what we wanted to do. We got to take 25 days off, and again, I built an amazing team to run the company without us. So um, so that, to me, is the lifestyle I want. I want to be able to go spend two weeks over Thanksgiving visiting my family and not have to ask off work. And so there's things for me, I think I can teach others how to create a lifestyle they love and they look forward to waking up and doing what they love every single day. So I'm trying to help others with that. Still learning a lot myself, sure. but I was very honored to be nominated in that capacity. It's awesome, man. Uh, what's your wife's name, if you don't mind me asking? Katie. Does she have three first names as well? Uh, no, she does not. But uh, <laughs> it is K-A-T-Y. Do not call her Kathy. She gets oh, that a lot. And yeah. so, uh, uh, yeah, don't call her that. She uh, may, may get a little upset about that. I get so. it. Um, <laughs> they say the most important word in any language is somebody's name. So okay. obviously super important that you yeah. get it right. So Rob, you were Rob, our cameraman. You can't see him. He is a glorious specimen of a human being. Were you in the Marines? Is that what you were in? The Marines have a saying, and please forgive me if I get this wrong. Is it? It's a, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die, or something similar. Have you ever heard that? Believe me, it's from the Marines. So uh, I might be butchering it a little bit, but what I take from that is there's a lot of folks in this world that want more. They want to live with more joy, fun, and fulfillment. They want to have a job that doesn't stress them out. They want to surround themselves with individuals that that lift them up. But they're not always willing. We're not always willing to put in the work. And Mark Cuban recently came out and said, you know, one of the things that, that's really missing and, and one of the success factors that will drive additional success in your business is just being polite and caring about other people. And so everybody's looking for that magic bullet. Like, how do I, how do I find success in business and in life? As I'm sitting across from you and other folks that we associate with, you know, Matt Basinger, Andrew Dallas, uh, Chase McAnulty, all these folks... Typically, the one common thread is that you care about people and you genuinely desire to help leave people in a better space after you meet them. Would you say that that's been a huge, a huge factor in the success of you to date? Definitely. I think, you know, my, one of my biggest challenges is emotionally is trying to make everyone happy. Mm, When you have 15,000 people, you're not, no matter what. You can't do it. And I've tried and tried and tried. And so, again, in the beginning, it was built for me and my friends. Constantly asked them. I used to leave my day job at five. I would set the fields up every night. I would run the leagues every night for a year and a half. So I was there getting feedback from everyone. What do you like? What don't you like? How can I make this better for you? And so 100%, I mean, I built Casey Crew for everyone in Kansas City. Mm. Um, and it started with me and my friends, but now it's for everyone. And so we we get feedback every, every second we can. And so y- you have to. I mean, if you're going to build a company for yourself – and and not get feedback from other people, you're going to end up being your only client. Sure. You know? So um, I think you have to care about people, and that goes back to your why. I mean, if if you're building a company just to make money, you probably aren't going to succeed unless you're extremely lucky. But that's right. When you build it on something you truly enjoy and something you want to do forever, 
um, it matters, it shows, and people can see right through it if you're not really genuine. So I think 100%, you know, getting feedback from people caring about their opinions. Again, to some extent, sometimes I take, sometimes I take an email and say, oh my God, they complained <laughs> about this, let's change everything, yes. right? And luckily I have my team to say, oh, well, 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 like that's probably crazy. Sure. We shouldn't change all that. So, uh, but it, that's been one of my biggest challenges is just, I really do want to make everyone happy and, and, um, and you have to, you have to listen to them and actually care to do that. So, you know, it's funny about that example that you just gave. So as a motivational speaker, the, the, my clients will often do surveys, uh, to audience and participant, you know, experience. And so they'll send them my way. Right. And never fails like ton of great feedback. Right. It was best speaker ever. I thought I cried. I laughed, you know, blah, blah, blah. Those aren't the ones that I read. Nope. Those aren't the ones that stick out to me. It's like, I had a hard time understanding what he was talking about. I'm like, how could you not understand what I was talking about? I don't, yeah, I don't get I it. I started laughing as soon as you said that because I did a presentation at the social media club luncheon about Facebook advertising. And I, I teach a three and a half hour workshop for the library that all on Facebook ads. And they asked me to condense that into an hour. Okay. And so I was just going, 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 going. And they sent me the feedback. And like you said, I, it was literally 90 99% amazing. This yeah. guy's uh, one review that was like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. I want to talk to the person actually running at. Like, it blew me away. And sure. I couldn't get it out of my head. I'm like, were you in the same room no. as everyone else? Like, so again, that it, it bothered me so much. But again, it's just because I care. If I yeah. didn't care, you know, oh, whatever, we'll go on. But like, I want to know. I'd love to sit down with that guy and sure. be like, how did I mess up? Like, how can I help you understand this better? Because yes. there's other people out there like that. And if I can understand him, I can help relate to those other people. So When I think to take that one step further, there, there's a part of you, and I, I haven't had much exposure to you, but I think that you and I have many similarities that we really desire to get better, right? And so oftentimes when you are showered with praise, as you often are, you're always looking for that one individual to say, here's the thing that I took away that I feel like if you focused on it, it would be you would be even more impactful. Yep. And it's a rarity that people will tell you that stuff, yep. right? And so when you do hear it, we gravitate to it. And it, it, makes, you know, it makes us pay attention. Yep. And so learning to grow and figure out what that growth looks like is very important. You had mentioned earlier that... Um, you know, when you when you gravitate towards the things that that make you happy, right? It, it's not a job; it's 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 easy, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of folks, there's a difference between having passion with something and being good at something, right? And so it's easy for us to define our career by doing things that we feel like we're good at, and then you go home at night and you're laying in bed and you feel as though life doesn't have meaning or you're missing out on something. And I think that it relates back to what you said is you may be good at it, but you don't enjoy it. So earlier you said that you made a conscious decision to leave the business or corporate world, right? And that was difficult for you. And you said you probably left a little sooner than you should. I had that same experience. I remember crying on my wife's shoulders because I was tasked with the performance manager strategy of 2,500 people. And it never failed. Every single night I'd go home and I would worry about how do I make these 2,500 people enjoy work? That's a lot of pressure for any yeah. one person to have. And so I remember crying on her shoulder and she said, Paul, there's, there's no amount of compensation that's worth sacrificing your happiness. The world needs fundamentalism, but more importantly, you need fundamentalism. And that's what it took for me to leave. There's several individuals that are listening to this podcast right now and are in what they feel is a dead-end job, but they remain in that dead-end job because of comfort, fear, the golden handcuffs. Yep. 
What made you make the decision and what advice would you give to those individuals that are stuck in the proverbial rut? Yeah. So I think again, that, that offer of, Hey, it almost validity that somebody said, here's a bunch of money. We want to buy your company. You started three years ago. And that was like, Holy cow, this, this is real. Like if they want to pay me for this, this is probably worth something. And I haven't even, I felt like I hadn't even tried yet. Sure. And so at that time I was like, look, you know, I think it's worth more than this over the long haul. And, <laughs> and I want to work for myself and, and that sounds great. And so the the mis- mistake I made was I almost got put off by the amount of money they offered me. I thought it was worth more than that. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to show you. I'm going to make it great. So I just quit, you know, left the job and then realized, well, it's winter. We don't have income until April. Uh, so I probably should have waited and stuck this job out. So thought about it more um, intellectually on like, when will I actually have more income from this job? More as a business sense, sure. which is not anything I knew. So that's actually been my biggest downfall is I didn't go to school for business. I went to school for computer programming and graphic design. So learning how to manage finances and business and LLCs and employees and all that has been a really hard learning curve for me. And so if I would have had all that knowledge, I would have waited until we had all of our income come in, left my job and move forward. But I think setting steps, setting goals. So if you're in a dead end job and you have an idea and there's something you want to try, there's a million ways to bootstrap it. I just was on a panel of talking about how to bootstrap a company to a million dollars. So Casey crew actually hit a million dollar company this year. Congratulations. Seven years. Thank you very much. Very, very exciting. Again, I look at my accounting, not knowing business saying, where's that money then? Exactly. My wife says the same thing. Where's our million dollars? Like, Oh, you, well, you spent it. So, so, uh, you know, so that's again, like that's really, really cool. So there's a million things you can do without having to spend a bunch of money to get your idea started. Started, and all you have to do is set those goals. So if you hate waking up every day and going to your job, set a goal every day about something you like for your business. What can I do tomorrow? Maybe it's just starting an LLC. Maybe it's just buying your domain mm. name. Maybe it's starting to talk to you know designers to develop a logo. But every day, do something that motivates you even more about your business. And before you know it, you're going to be so far along that you're like, hey, maybe I can actually do this. Um, and I think setting long-term goals is good too. So by this month, I'm going to try and you know get to where I can work part-time. One of my favorite books is the four hour work week. Uh, Tim Ferriss essentially teaches you how to get from working a full-time job to letting them, you work from home. So you can start doing more things on the side and you, you become more, your performance increases. And so the happier you are, the more work you're going to get done, the better you're going to get done, the more quality you're going to do. And so, um, you know, I think setting goals is the number one thing. I mean, if you keep having excuses, you're never going to do it. You've just got to get over that fear and those excuses and really set goals again, even if it's small. Every day, just do something small, and before you know it, you're going to have something built up. I love it. You know, uh, I used to have a, a tremendous fear of losing my job. And so when I worked for, for the man, right, I, I was always a top performer. I was always a four or a five on a scale of one to five, right? And I was always the guy in every single meeting where firsthand raised, hey, who can do this? Oh, Paul can't. I can. Let, give it to me, right? And so despite the fact that every performance review I ever had was always, you know, top box, I'd still go in every single day, Luke, worrying about, am I going to be here tomorrow? Because I wasn't in control, right? So we hired a consultant firm to come in and teach us. It was a descendant of Dale Carnegie, and so they taught us some leadership stuff. And I had the opportunity to roll this leadership program out at a, the ripe young age of like 24. I've never been in leadership, and I'm teaching the whole organization about leadership. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And a couple of years passed, we bring the consultant firm back only to, to give me the content so I could roll it out this time. And so it was really exciting, validating that, you know, hey, maybe they see something in me. Well, this consultant firm says, what are you doing? Like this, this is your niche. You should, you should leave corporate America and you should start consulting. 
So I go home and I, I rack my brain over this. Like I'm worried about it. And what's going through my head is for the last multiple years, I go into work every single day worrying about if I were to lose my job, where the next paycheck's going to come from. Was well, a consultant, you don't know where the next paycheck's going to come from. You're creating your outcomes, right? You're grinding and you're doing the damn thing. So I thought, I'm going to drive myself crazy if I make this leap. Well, I did. I made the leap. And I'll be damned if I never worried about where that next paycheck was coming from again, because I felt like I was in control at this point in time. If indeed I failed, there was no person to blame but me. And so it made me work hard. And so I love your idea of setting goals, because a lot of folks... We live day to day and we don't necessarily, we, we, we have dreams, right? But we don't necessarily take pen to paper and write them down and revisit them on a regular basis. But the second aspect of that is I think of not being fearful of taking the leap. And uh, let me take a step back. Fear is okay, but, but taking, taking the dive, right? If you're, if you're faced with potentially drowning, you got to tread the water, Yep. And it forces you outside of your comfort zone to try some, some new things, right? And so just hearing what you had to say, I hope that these individuals listening that want to take the leap, that, that are unhappy in, in their current situation, realize that there's a lot of other folks that have been in that exact same position. If you, ra- if you take pen to paper, you make some goals, and you take that leap, and, and you set up a, a, a success strategy, you put your heart and soul into it, and you're kind to others, yep. th- then more often than not, you're going to see some success. So, well, we're going to do some, uh, we're going to do some rapid fire questions as I'm respectful of your time. And I get you on to your next meeting. You brought up karaoke <laughs> earlier, and, uh, this is the first I've heard of it. So I definitively want, where is this at? Where do you do? So the- we do it off key, the karaoke bar in Westport. Oh and my so gosh. It's, uh, on Wednesday nights, like we, every Wednesday, yeah, uh, every Wednesday it's seasons are different. So the leagues, we have winter, spring, summer, fall. So we have different, pretty much the same team sign up every season, but every now and then we'll have new teams sign in. So yeah, it's, it's every Wednesday teams are anywhere from four to eight people on each team and they do singles and every week is, is, is themed. So they actually pick their own theme. So it could be country week, rap week, Michael Jackson week. And so all the songs are themed around that theme. And people dress up in costumes and like one of one of my favorite things I ever saw was it was Country Week and the team sang uh, uh, Country Fried and they brought chicken and handed it out to yes. the crowd while they were singing and so there's an MC who judges it and helps lead the whole thing and so it's been really cool you know we we approached Off Key several years ago uh, with the idea and they loved it and it's just been growing every t- every season and it's just been really cool. What's your uh, go-to karaoke song? So mine is uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart, oh, the, the Dan Band version. Yeah. So a uh, little R-rated, but uh, I can really belt out and scream just like he does in there. So uh, one of my one of my favorite ones. Um, yeah, so that's the, my go-to. But I love it. Yeah, that or you know some Eminem or even like Warren G, oh, Regulator, oh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so you got some talent if you could throw out some Eminem. Yeah, you know, I actually used to do a lot of music when in my younger days. I used to rap, and I've had like songs and stuff come out what? in college and stuff yeah that's a i matt basinger actually tried to pull all this out of me when he launched his choir bar idea and uh it's a little under wraps there's some stuff out there if you look deep enough but i used to be pretty popular in college that's just ask him uh that's a challenge to me i'm gonna find this stuff i I love that anybody that's willing to put themselves out there you know oftentimes somebody asked me recently are you an emotional gentleman and there's one thing that can make me tear up and cry and it's tears of joy. Whenever I see somebody being creative, like if I see a comedian putting their heart and soul into their jokes or somebody putting themselves out there and singing a song or connecting with a song or, you know, 
building something like you've become, like I have such admiration of that. That makes me tear up from time to time. Yeah, I was just having this. I mean, kind of like what you've done, or like uh, Ashton Martin, DJ Ashton yeah, Martin, yeah. like I, I th- or Molly Balloons. Like for me, I get so excited and motivated. Like you said, when I see somebody who's taken something that you would have never thought would be a business and actually made it very successful. Yes. Like who would have thought you could be a DJ and then get enough success that you can have other DJs underneath you and you're just, you know, you build a brand around yourself from a DJ. I would have never thought that. Same thing with balloons. Like, that's what really excites me is the creativity of like, hey, this is something I'm good at that isn't popular, but I'm going to figure out how to make it popular and how to make a business out of it. So for me, it's it's that gets me really excited, but tearing up, I've always had just emotional connection with music. (laughs) Yes, Music, man, it just gets into the heart and soul of me. I listen to everything from Nora Jones to ACDC. Like, I just love music and I really believe it affects people's moods mm. so i listen to different types of music yes. depending on what i'm trying to get done throughout the day um so i'm i'm a big fan of just creating new things out of something that isn't mainstream sure you know, that and music i'm always a fan of oh, so. big time i did uh truman elementary recently it was uh earlier this year i got the opportunity to speak to uh, 1600 high school students oh. not my target audience <laughs> but had fun nevertheless so I asked them if they had ever heard of a gentleman by the name of Christopher Wallace. For those of you that don't know who Christopher Wallace is, he is the great rapper, Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> and so, you know, we often make excuses for where we are in life. And so my favorite, my go-to song is uh, is Juicy by Notorious yes. B.I.G. <laughs> and so the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis bit where he's talking about the come up and like how he didn't have much growing up. Yep. And so I love tying that in sometimes to a keynote. But but to your point, like I, I love rap music. I have such strong affection for 80s. Um, yep. and oh, man. So I was listening to Van Halen this morning, not yep. Van Hagar. But uh, did you see the Queen movie yet? No, oh, I heard it's phenomenal. Totally worth it. I literally probably saw it a month ago, and I feel like I listened three or four times a week to just Queen. Really? Yeah, it was so good. That dude so. is super talented, yeah. Freddie yep. Mercury. So a couple things to wrap up. So um, what's one thing you've always wanted to do, but you just haven't for one reason or the other? Oh man. This is the uh, first time you haven't had an answer yeah, right off the dome. I you know, it's crazy. and the, my wife and family says the same thing is like when Luke wants something he does it, That's you know. Amazing. So it's like I this year alone I went skydiving for the first time. I went in Denver for my bachelor party. I went hang gliding in Switzerland with my wife on our honeymoon. Uh I've ran with the bulls twice. I was in the military so I was in Iraq, uh Kuwait. Like so I don't know. I mean one thing I've wanted to do, I, there's a million things I want to do but I, they're like, I set goals. I actually see them in my future. So sure. I, I don't know. That's actually, you got me stumped, man. I love it. All right. You're going to have to come back to me yeah. by tomorrow. Mastermind group. Uh, celebrity crush growing up. Oh, man. Topanga. Oh, Topanga. <laughs> Boy meets world. Nicely done. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how about uh, favorite Disney princess? Oh, uh, oh man. Uh, um, Jasmine. This is quality. Yep. It's always Jasmine and Ariel for me. Yeah. Uh, something that you're super proud of that not many people know about you. Oh, man. I think just the, we have six full-time employees and 70 part-time employees, like creating something that people can come to work and enjoy and, and creating something from nothing, I think, is what... I'm the most proud proud about that's succeeded as long as it have. You know, I remember day one, people were saying most small businesses fail in three to five years. We're in year seven and like it's growing even faster, you know? So I think I'm extremely, extremely proud of just that, like uh, allowing other people to enjoy what, what I, what I've created for themselves. And so. you should be. 
Uh, Luke Wade, it's been an absolute pleasure having you, man. I'm I'm super happy to see all the success that you're having, and mainly it's just because you're a good dude and you are showering others with fun. And uh, that in today's society is needed now more than ever. So I appreciate you. If anybody wants to learn more about Casey Crew or you, what should they do? Where should they go? Yeah, so CaseyCrew.com is going to be the number one place for Casey Crew sports and events, things like that. I'm starting to write blogs on there and things like that about our success and the things that are going on with us. Um, and then LukeAWade.com. Uh, I haven't updated in a while, but it's got a lot of information about me. I have some blogs and some links to different things there. So, yeah. Well, I look forward to tracking your success, as I'm sure our listeners do as well. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on Thank today. you so much for having me. I appreciate the book, too. I can't wait to read that. So. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, this is the Fundamism Podcast. That was Luke Andrew Wade of KC Crew. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and we encourage you to go find your fun today. <laughs> <laughs>